Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. and welcome to today's episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast and today I'm joined by a fellow time zone uh, participant here in the UK, Phil Fraser. It's always nice to have somebody who's in the same time zone as me and Phil is someone who, according to his bio here uh, and it says here, went from kitchen table startup. So we'll talk about what you mean by kitchen table in a moment with no investment all the way to multi-million pound sale to a plc 18 years later so he's traveled the full sme business journey phil now works with ambitious sme owners as a business sounding board and that really if you want to think about it is somewhere between a business coach a business mentor and a personal uh, non-exec director in simple terms he's a pair of ears and an extra pair of eyes for some sme owners helping them to be better at what they do Uh, The key time that most business owners look for outside help is when they reach the next stage or the step up or the scale up point in their business journey. And that's where Phil comes in. So his mantra is it doesn't need to be lonely at the top. And I completely understand that because I've had my own businesses and it is a pretty lonely place, isn't it, Phil? Definitely. Uh, And as a business sounding board, he gives SME owners the time and space to regularly discuss their challenges and opportunities with, most importantly, no sense of judgment or bias and incomplete confidence. And that's really, really important. This allows them to explore their options in full, culminating with a list of issues to address and clarify, a clear target in mind, a roadmap to success, and a renewed enthusiasm and confidence for the challenges ahead. Uh, Phil is also a volunteer mentor with a number of organizations, including the Princess Trust, and Young Enterprise, and is an active angel investor. So anybody listening to this, you know, get his details. Uh, and he's also a mentor of startup businesses as well. Uh, thank you so much, Phil, for being a guest on today's podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Simon. So I've got to ask a question before we get into the coffee and the, the other stuff. Um, kitchen table startup, that's quite a description. Just tell the listeners a little bit of the story around that kitchen table then okay so uh let's go all the way back to 2000 yep um i was working at uh william hill obviously everybody knows the bookie um i was recruited to launch what at the time was their first ever online casino uh while i was there we came across the concept of online bingo which at the time was only in the us um i left william hill at the end of 2000 long story short um I sort of dusted off a presentation I'd done to the board that they should get into bingo, which they decided not to. Dusted it off, uh, restructured it, and basically made it um, a pitch for investment. So I did the whole Dragon's Den thing. Yeah, yeah. Went out to the market, did real life, you know, went out to the market, said, I want to launch what at the time would have been the UK's first ever pay-to-play online bingo site. And I want some funding to do that. Back me. Yeah. Which completely and utterly failed. 
Right. However, okay. <laughs> yeah. however, what I'd done is I'd built a very, very basic website, which listed all the, the bingo sites that were in the US at the time. Yeah. And on it, I'd, I'd um, put a, a very basic uh, pop-up research questionnaire. So I understood the demographics of the audience. So age, sex, expenditure, yeah. frequency, all that sort of stuff. So when I was doing my pitch, I knew what I was talking about, or at least sounded like I knew what I was yeah, talking yeah, sure. about. What happened was we were um, approached by some of the websites that we had listed on our website who said, can we advertise on your website? I said, yeah, okay, send me some money and we'll, we'll put some ads on the website. Interesting. Now, my background previous to this had been selling advertising space in newspapers and magazines. So it sort of fell in my lap. Yeah. Um, and that became the business. So it started at yeah. home. There was just myself and my wife kitchen table yeah uh you know wow. dial-up computer on the internet and that accidentally became the business that 18 years later we sold to a plc wow okay and, and yeah great so literally kitchen table startup love it love it absolutely absolutely so what are we what are we drinking today phil and what are we going to talk about when it comes to what we drink during the day and what you've got at the moment okay so i'm um I'm not, I wouldn't say I was a sort of coffee aficionado, but I, I drink um, Nescafe Alta Rica at home. Okay. That's my drink of choice. Yeah. Um, however, um, uh, and what I really, really, and, and those who drink Alta Rica, it's quite strong coffee. It's quite intense. It's, it's a yeah. nice coffee. Um, I hate going into sort of offices and meetings and, and, and people say, oh, would you like a coffee? And the coffee is usually just dreadful, absolutely mm. dreadful. So I, you know, I'm very keen on my Alta Rica. However, um, I've got an espresso machine. Yeah. Um, I drink uh, espressos before I play five a side twice a week, and I, I make sure I drink an espresso before I play, just to give oh, me that okay. caffeine hit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's my. Uh, they're, they're my yeah, coffees yeah. Of, of. They're my regular coffees. Yeah, and it's interesting because. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm completely with you when you go to other people's offices. And that's why you know, I drink tea when I'm at home. And so if I make myself a drink, I very often drink tea. Because, you know, I, although I set myself, I make a pretty decent cup of tea. Uh, and when I used to go into offices, uh, particularly when I was in the building game, the tea that I used to get, and when I used to go into people's homes, look at insurance work, was dreadful. You know, uh, people, the variance of tea is, is horrendous. But coffee, I found not quite so bad because, you know, I have my coffee black. So a spoonful of coffee, generally, people can't go wrong with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you're right. Very often, it's the, it's, the, it's the variety of coffee. And some of the instant coffees and some of the powder coffees that people have given me have been pretty awful. Yeah. I, I've, yeah. I've, actually, I've actually got to the point where, you know, you, you arrive in reception for a meeting and, you know, the reception says, oh, would you like a coffee? And yeah. I've now got to the point where it's like, just a glass of water, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's interesting because as you were saying that, I've got a, a briefcase I carry around with me, um, like a satchel type thing. And in the back pocket, I always keep a couple of lemon ginger uh, tea bags in things. So if ever I go somewhere and they say, oh, I haven't got coffee, rather than have their tea, I'll say, oh, if you've got some hot water, I'll, I'll just make my own. I'll bring my own, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is quite rude to many people, isn't it? Some people get really upset about that. but uh, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. yeah, I'd, rather, yeah. I'd rather drink my own. Yeah. 
so so giving us a bit of an idea of of the coffee then so thank you for that and of course if nest cafe ever do want to sponsor this podcast i'm always open to suggestions particularly after what you've said there about the website i need to do something about that um but thinking about your own uh business you know the business sounding board and what you're doing at the moment what what has been the the latest or most significant thing that you've seen uh that you've either had to deal with or that shifted in your own business um, well, just to give you some, some background, you know, we said I've, I've traveled that whole business journey. So yeah. I position myself as just, you know, I am a business owner who's just slightly further down the, the, the journey track than you. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of what I tend to come across tends to be cliches, but it's, you know, I've been there, done that. I've done the same thing you have. Yeah. I've probably experienced what you're experiencing. So what I'm doing now, and I've only really been doing this for the last year or so, because we sold the business three years ago, yeah. um, is most businesses tend to have the same sort of problems. So yeah. it's either a staff problem, or it's a marketing problem, or it's a sales problem, or it's um, a strategic problem, or it's yeah. just not seeing the big picture. So yeah. I don't think there's anything any different. And, and what I found, and you, know, you do coaching, it's just, what's the phrase? The same bucket, different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the same issues come up again and again and again. And, and most of the time, what I'm trying to do, and, and you know, I use the term sounding board, because what I'm doing is I'm just there for somebody to talk to me. I'm not giving solutions. Yeah. I'm just saying, okay, Mr. Client or Mrs. Client, what's your issue? What's, yeah. what's happening this week? What's happening this month? What's, what do you want to talk about? And they go, well, we've got this problem or that problem. And, and, what I will do is I will ask questions. I'll prod and poke. Yeah, and then at sure. the end of the session, they'll come, they'll go, right, I think I know what I'm going to do now. Yeah. And, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything particularly new or, or pertinent at the moment. I mean, obviously you've got, you know, you've got the backdrop of, you know, COVID and Brexit. Uh, but I yeah. think at the end of the day, it's still the same sort of issues coming up again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you and I, of being business long enough that we've seen cycles coming. I've seen recessions when I first started working in 1980s and then 1990s, and I became a coach in 2009 when the banking crash happened. And you're right, you know, nothing really changes. The intensity might change, and certainly things have been pretty intense in the last, you know, 18 months. But yeah, people are having the same problems, and people that are doing well have the same problems as well. And, you know, it's, it's interesting what you said there, because a lot of people who have been guests on this podcast have been coaches and consultants. And many people listening to this might be likewise, uh, or you might be a business thinking about getting somebody to help you. And I think as coaches and consultants, many of us in the industry tend to focus way, way too much on the value of doing stuff or having a product or focusing on a particular problem. And we always underestimate the value of having somebody there to hold you account, bounce things around with, and be that, as you say, pair of ears and a set of eyes. That is so valuable to so many people. And, you know, and I've always had a coach, always had a mentor. You know, I've got two now, as I say to many people. Um, and the thing I find most valuable and always have you know, in all the sort of decades of being in business is having that that sounding board and what you know when I saw that in the bio I thought what a great name yeah because that's what people need isn't it and that's where the value is 
do you ever get much feedback on the value that that has given people? Because sometimes it can also be one of those people when people receive it, it's almost, oh, well, that was okay. And that was pretty special. But do you get much feedback and do you see much of an impact? I think that the, the thing is because of what, I, and as I say, I've only been doing this a year. So, you know, I've not got a huge yep. database of, of, of responses. Um, but I had a testimonial from a, a recent client who said, he, he, he said, I'll paraphrase it, but he basically said, you've allowed me to fall back in love with my business. Mm. And that's great. Mm. And, yeah. and that's sort of what I want to do. I want to reinvigorate people. And, and, you know, sometimes you go looking for coaches or support or mentors, whatever you want to call them, yeah. when there's a problem. And that's often the case. Yeah. But often it should be, you know, when you're doing well, let's go to the next stage and oh, the next completely. stage and the next stage. Yeah. And I think one of the things, and I'm still finding my way in this in this market, one of the things is actually how the point you said, how do you evaluate that? You know, I'm I don't go in and help the business. I go in and help the business owner. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't say, you know, we put, you know, this, this, and this in place, and you made, you know, a hundred thousand pounds more profit. Yeah. It's gonna, it's more sort of mental and and motivational and and invigorated is what I'm trying to get people to get to that they go back in and go yeah I'm 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 re you know I really love this I really want to get stuck into it not shit I've got this problem I don't know how to crack it we've got right okay we've now got a focus and an idea and and some some things in place and you mentioned also one of the things you mentioned as well I think which is underestimated in coaching is accountability Yes. You know, one of the fantastic things about running your own business and, and you've done it and I've done it. And one of the brilliant things is, and that whole thing, I'm the boss, I can decide what I want to do and I've got sure. nobody to answer to. And that's great. But the problem is you end up not doing stuff because you don't want to do it. So I, I compare it to sort of pushing yeah. a cold piece of broccoli around the plate. You know, yeah, yeah. I know I should eat my broccoli, but I really don't fancy it. But if you've got a coach or a mentor or, or sounding board, you've got somebody who says, Hey, Simon, last week we discussed X, Y, and Z. Did you do it? Yeah. Whereas if you haven't yeah, got yeah. that, you go, I didn't do X, Y, and Z because I don't like doing X, Y, and Z. So I'll just leave it. I'll, I'll do something nice that I enjoy doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll do it next week. I'll do it the week after. And then it, yeah, yeah. It, never and it never gets, gets done. done. No, no, definitely not. You, you mentioned in your, in your bio uh, about being a volunteer mentor. And obviously, you know, we, as we record this, you know, things are in a state of flux still and you know, various people are experiencing different aspects of coming out of lockdown, growing or, you know, or dealing with the after effects. What kind of things have you seen that have had an impact on the businesses at the Prince's Trust and the Young Enterprise? You know, have, have, what kind of things have you seen with them? Well, the, the, the Prince's Trust and Young Enterprise are both similar in that they're based in schools. So it's actually helping sort of uh, what we'd call fifth form or, or pre-sixth form or, or sixth formers. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's taking a business person into the school. Yeah. Um, and both of them have very structured programs, which is fantastic. And you just put your hand up and you volunteer and they go, right, you're in this school and you're doing these six weeks or 10 weeks or whatever it yeah. might be. I'm currently working with an organization called um, Career Ready, which is yeah. one-on-one mentoring with, with school kids. But one of the other things that I do, I really love doing, and it came out of the back of Young Enterprise. One of the teachers I was working with said, you know, we sometimes we try and get um, business people or, or real life people into school just to do a talk. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I can, you know, happy to do that. I, I, I love doing presentations and all that sort of yeah. stuff. So absolutely yeah, yeah. fine. 
I went in and did a, a talk on uh, it was sort of careers and CVs and and you know that's interviews and that sort of stuff, which in schools you know they get told by a teacher and they all sit there going oh, bloody hell you know the teacher's telling me this exactly. a real person comes in and tells them and they all sit up and they all listen yeah and the teacher yeah. I can see the teachers at the back going I said that I said that why weren't you listening <laughs> yeah but I really really enjoyed it so what I then did um I emailed all the six forms around the area and said look I do this talk do you want me to come in and do it and I've done it probably 15 times now and it's wow. great and it's well, great. And all yeah. I'm doing is, is going in saying, look, this was my career. This is what I did. Um, we talk about CVs, we talk about um, interviews yeah. and some of the stuff that and the benefit, one of the things I'm really hot on is the benefit of doing some work experience and, and the soft skills that you can, you can pick up on it, you know, being part of a team, you know, just getting out of bed and being there, being smart, interacting with the yeah. public, all those sorts of things. Um, and you know, it's just a case of giving something back and, and, and helping. Hopefully, you know, somebody five years, 10 years down the line will say, I remember this bloke wittering on in, in, in a talk we had. And he, yeah. you know, he motivated me to do this. You know, I won't know whether it works or not, but no. teachers seem to think it's going to help. And, you know, if it helps, it helps. It's great. And, and it does. And I used to go into a lot of schools when I had the construction business and, you know, I used to do mock interviews and things like that. And it's a hugely rewarding experience. And like you say, yeah. there are kids in schools that just won't listen to certain people, but suddenly you sit in front of them and they go, wow, okay, yeah, this makes sense. Uh, I had a young girl many, many years ago and she was so inspirational to, to me of what she wanted to do, where she wanted to go. And her family were a little bit dismissive of it. They wanted her to, you know, do what the family had always done. And she asked me some very pertinent questions. And I said to her, no, I, I think you should go, go for it. You know, you, know you, you need to make your own decisions. You need to consult with your teachers. You need to consult with your family uh, and, you know, explore it. Go for it and explore it. Uh, I'm not saying it's right or wrong to do it. Yes or no, that's not what I'm here to do. But I'm going to, you know, I can do it because I'm, I'm outside of the school. I can say, you know, go for it. And I sat there and I thought, you know what? This young girl one day is going to be prime minister of this country. Now, don't worry, it wasn't Theresa May. Uh, but I have seen her rise up through the local politics. Brilliant. Brilliant. And she is now an MP. Fantastic. So, um, you know, you get that goosebump moment when you see that kind of thing. And, yeah, I've never spoken to her since that day. Yeah. But she did follow that dream. She did become what she wanted to become. And that's when you, you think, do you know what? Yeah, that made a difference. And you get that warm, fuzzy feeling, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I, I, had, I had something similar with the, the Young Enterprise thing, which was the, the, it, it's, a, it's a national organisation. They encourage sixth formers to, to create a business Yep. And they and they get a business mentor in and they sell products and all that sort of stuff. And there was there was a girl in my group who I thought was fantastic. And she bullied the boys and she was bossy. Mm. And, she, and I thought, yeah. if I still had my business, I'd employ you. Yeah. And I was talking sure. to the teacher at the end of the, the whole process. It was like a six-month process. And she said that girl, when she first came into this school, was had such anxiety problems. She wouldn't go in the classroom. She had a worry ball. Really? She had a stress ball. And she said... You know, this process has brought so much out of it. I mean, it wasn't obviously it wasn't just me; it was obviously the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah. It, just seeing that, and and yeah. you're sitting talking to them, they go, "I want to do this, and I'll do this." And this was, you know, inner city Bradford. Yeah. Um, you know, 
really, really difficult situation, but just so inspirational listening to these kids telling what telling me what they're going to do. It's just, yeah. And if, yeah. if you can help one of them and you yeah. can help one of them in one step, fantastic. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to dig a, a little bit into something else that you said in your, in your bio, Phil, as well, um, because it, it rang really true with me that, you know, it doesn't have to be, doesn't need to be lonely at the top. Yeah. And there are probably, you know, many, many people listening to this that don't recognize that loneliness, but they're actually experiencing that loneliness. Because I think very often, and somebody mentioned it on a podcast the other day, sometimes as business owners, we just get told to suck it up. You know, yeah, what do we expect? We're business owners, that's what we should have. You know, we should have the stress, we should feel isolated, you know, we should feel that nobody likes us. And sometimes we don't associate that with being being lonely. If you were to sort of give the listeners a bit of an idea of how they can look inwardly and reflect, because you said you know, about mindset and you know, well-being, what can they do to actually realise and be aware that they are in a lonely place? I think, and a lot of this came from, uh, from my journey as well, is... Um, and I think lonely at the top covers a lot of things. We, you know, not mm. just lonely in terms of you know the emotional loneliness, but I think yeah. the, the strategic. I, I would more like call it a strategic loneliness. In that, you know, once you've got a team, once your business is growing, you know, the team will come to you and go, "Hey, Simon, what's you know what we're we doing next? Yeah, Where, where's you know what what's the next step? Where's the business going? What's the answer to this?" And <laughs> for me, and for a lot of business owners, the answer is I don't know I'm making this up as I go along you know and and that's the sort of loneliness I'm talking about and I think the issue is or the the point the message I think to to your listeners is there are people out there who are willing to help Mm -hmm. and you know there are coaches out there there are mentors out there I call myself a business sounding board and that's there are lots of psychological reasons for me doing that you know including a bit of imposter syndrome in there as well um, but I would say, yes, you know, you're absolutely right. You set up the business, you put the balls, you put your balls on the line, you make the decisions. Yeah. Um, and the stress that comes with that. And, and yes, that is part of the deal, but, but you don't have to be lonely at the top. And yes, I, you know, and, and again, having been there, there are certain things you can't discuss with your team, you know, True. and you need somebody else to bounce it off. Now, now at the time, when we were running our business, you know, my wife was involved from the start and then took a step back, but she was the sounding board for me. You know, I'm the, I'm the, I've got a brilliant idea. Let's go and do this type yeah, person. Yeah. And she's yeah. the, she's the, no, that's stupid. Don't do that. Yeah. Let's just um, hold on a moment. Yeah. yeah. Just hold on a moment. Let's just think about this. Um, and obviously a lot of that comes from is the nature of running your own business. Cause you think you have to have that within you. Um, so you, I think you do need somebody just to be able to just yeah simple things like i've got this idea does this sound stupid yeah and 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 i will sit there and listen and prod and poke or i've got three ideas which one do you think's the best one and you know yeah. i won't give the answer but i'll prod and poke and yeah end of the session they'll go right i know what i'm going to do i know you know idea number one is the best one because yeah, we've yeah. chucked it around yeah but and and a a friend of mine who's also a, a coach uses the phrase, um, you know, somebody's got to tell you your baby is ugly. 
Yes, I hear that so now, many times. Yeah. Now, you know, your sales manager is not going to tell you that. Your, you know, your CRM manager is not going to tell you that. Possibly yeah. even your wife or your husband's not going to tell you that. Yeah. It's only going to be somebody from the outside who's going to go. Do you know what? That's a fucking idea. Or, yeah. and you know, I we mentioned the angel investing. Um, you know, I do come across a lot of startups. You know, at some point, and you know, you see it on Dragon's Den. You see it quite yeah. a lot. Is stop just this isn't a good idea just stop yeah. pack it in close the box go and do something else yeah but it's very you know even even if you've got and i've got quite a number of friends who've got their own businesses as well so we talk about you know business issues again they're you know yeah they will advise you on you know we had this hr problem so we did this or we did that but they're not going to say hey simon your business sucks you really you know the best thing to do is close it yeah yeah yeah. Only somebody external is going to do that. So all this, all of these sort of things that I've just been talking about, all fall under the the, the lonely at the top thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And I think there's a flip side to that, as you were saying it as well. And some listeners have probably um, also connected with that. That if you have the wrong people to have as a sounding board, and family and yes. friends uh, are particularly bad at this, um, they can actually be quite destructive. Because they can tell you from the onset, oh, you shouldn't do that. You should quit. And yes. yep. you know, sometimes yep. that can be quite negative and create you know, that loneliness as well. Uh, when actually, sometimes you need somebody else to say, that's a great idea. Because everybody else around you who doesn't want to see you succeed, because generally that's yep. what family and yep. friends are trying to do. They don't want to see you go to the next level because you, they're frightened you're going to leave them behind. Yep. They try to hold you back. And yeah. by doing that, sometimes you need that external person to say, Do you know what? That is an amazing idea. You're, abs- you're, absolutely, you're, yeah. you're absolutely right with it's that. It's polarizing, it, isn't it? Very polarizing. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's a very, very good point, actually, that, that actually it's not just having an external pair of eyes. It's having the right external pair of eyes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah and one of the things that I mentioned, you, know, you, you, you read in my bio, is that, is that lack of bias from yes. the person who's doing the listening. Yeah. Now, if you're if you're talking to somebody who hasn't got yeah, and that bias might be a positive bias or a negative bias. Yeah. You know, and, and as you say, friends, family might go, oh, you don't want to do that. Now they might they might be saying that from a um they're trying to protect you. Like yeah. don't put your savings on the yes. line for this. You exactly. know, that really yeah and don't and cash in your pension that. and do that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're doing that for the right idea. Yeah, for the yeah. for the right reasons. And sometimes, like you say, they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So if you can get somebody who can advise you that hasn't got, you know, a, a dog in the race, yeah, then that's where you're gonna get your real because I can tell somebody that's a good idea, that's a bad idea. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? It makes no difference to me whether you listen or you don't listen. I'm advising from my own perspective with no, you know, no plus or minus side to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and again, you know, perfect example, husband or wife, you know, you've got a nice job, nice salary, car, all that sort of thing. And you go, do you know what, darling? I'm going to jack it all in and start this new business idea that I've I've been wanting to do for 15 years. Now, you know, your husband or wife may love you to death, but actually he or she is sitting there going, our mortgage is on the line here. I don't want to do that. Whereas somebody who's independent hasn't got that bias and will go, do you know what? Yeah. 
And, and the thing with, you know, you know, as well as I do, the thing with business is it's risk and reward and it's, it's yeah. balancing that. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I was talking to um, uh, a, a wannabe coach not, not too many days ago and they've been struggling for a while because they've created a model which basically they coach for very little, but they coach on the basis that they will get an equity share of the business. Okay. And as you were, as you were talking there, and this person can't work out why nobody's taking them up on it. And I think you've hit the nail on the head right there. And uh, this, that person might even be listening to this podcast because if you've got too much, what did you call it? Dog in the race? Have you got yeah, too, too, it, yeah, too much I skin in the game, the whatever it's called. It, yeah. Something like that, yeah. yeah. But if, if you actually are trying to be that non-biased, non-judgmental person, but you have an interest in that business that you're trying to build an equity share in that business, well, then you're not really as unbiased. And I think the prospect realises that. They're not, you know, we as business owners aren't stupid. We can see stuff, you know, even if it's common yep. sense stuff. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's getting that balance right and getting the right person, definitely, definitely. Yep. So if you could give the listeners um, one particular lesson. So you've had your own experience of, you know, taking this business idea, pitching it, having it fall into your lapping a different way, um, and now doing what you're doing with the volunteering and with the sounding board. If you could give the listeners one tip or one lesson that they could take away, that they could do something with, what would it be? In addition to what we've done, I mean, you've given us some great tips already and some ideas of awareness of loneliness, et cetera. But if you could give us one tip or one lesson, what would it be? I've always, I've always been um, a big advocate of follow your gut. Yeah. For, for, and, and put a couple of caveats in that. Firstly, I've, I've always believed that if you follow your gut instinct, you know, having done, you know, having weighed up the pros and cons, and I'm not just saying like, you know, just go for it. Yeah, yeah. weigh up. And if your gut instinct still says, yeah, this is a goer, my, my recommendation would always be go for it. Firstly, if you don't go for it, you will always sit there thinking, mm, what if? Yeah. If you do go for it and it works, fantastic. If it doesn't work, then at least you had a go at it and you know you can cross that off the list. And sort of underneath that, and, and this was something I picked up in, a, in another podcast I was listening to a couple of weeks ago, somebody used these three sentences, which I thought were absolutely fantastic. I've always, I'm a, I'm a believer in jump off the cliff, the parachute will open in some shape or form, right? <laughs> Great. Not Obviously not, not I'm, I'm talking metaphorically, not, yes, not, yes, really, yes, not really. Yeah, yeah. Um, Listeners, but, don't go jumping off cliffs. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Point number eight, Phil Fraser says, jump off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she, she said three things. She said, number one, and this is, this is in the sort of JFDI and, and jumping off a cliff thing. Number one, you are not alone. There will always be somebody out there to help you, whatever you think. Number two, what's the worst that could happen? Mm. Now, you know, with all due respect to all the jobs everybody does and everybody who's listening, you know, we ain't doing brain surgery. Nobody's going to die. Yeah. And then the third thing is, what's the best thing that could happen? Yeah. Now, if you put those three things together, and actually the imbalance between what's the best that could happen versus what's the worst that could happen, and the fact that there is a support network out there, whatever you think, you know, and anybody who's listening to this, if they want to give me a call, happy to talk to anybody at yeah. any time on any topic. 
Um, and I think with if you put all of that together, you know, follow your gut, JFDI. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's, it's interesting there because very often we, we do one of two things. And again, it's that polarizing we'll just talk about. People either think the worst or they don't see anything but the best. And doing those three things, I think, is a great, great thing to do. Because if you balance both and you use your gut, as you say, and I, complete, I completely agree with that. You know, some of my best decisions have been with my gut and not with my head, definitely. Um, then, yeah, you're going to make a good choice. And, and I wouldn't say it's going to be the right choice, but you're going to make a, a good choice because it's an informed choice, isn't it? Yeah, it's a decision yeah. that you, you're working on balance. Yeah. So, so listeners, there's your, there's your three things. And, uh, yeah. Use your gut and follow your gut, definitely. Um, so if, if you were to look at a business as an angel investor, because, you know, that's, that's, you know I, I spend a lot of time getting businesses investor ready. So I'm usually the one behind the scenes that helps people get investor also ready but then brings them to people like you. Okay. Um, uh, if, if anybody's listening to this, that perhaps you, in your experience, you see one thing that a lot of people lack when it comes to going for investment. Can you tell us what that one thing is so we can do something about it? Um, I think it's, I think it's, it's clarity of what clarity of the problem or pain point that they are solving. Yeah. So in a very, very simple, I try and follow a very simple structure when I'm looking at angel investment is what is the problem? What is the pain point you're solving? Yeah. Why should I use your solution to that pain point? Yep. Why should I use your solution versus the existing solution that's there already? Yeah. And rolling all of that up. Why do I believe you're the people who can actually deliver that? Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So if you've got, and, and often one or more of those bits are missing, and that's the issue. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not clear enough what the pain point is, or the pain point is not painful enough for this to be, you know, worthwhile doing. Yeah. 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 Why, why should I use your pain, your solution to the pain point rather than somebody else's? Yeah. And then, all right, you've, you've identified the pain point. You've said, you know, this is what our solution is going to do. Yeah. Why do I believe you and your team can actually deliver what you promise you're going to deliver? Yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing, the final thing, and, and people find it hard to understand sometimes looking from the outside in, it's not about the money. Mm. As angel investors, it's more about the journey and about okay. um, adding, being, being able to add something to it. So it's, you know, somebody says, you know, I want, pick a number, I want £100,000 for 10% of the business. Um, but I don't want any input from you at all. You know, we'll give you, yeah. you know, monthly reports and, you know, you might get dividend at the end. That's angel investors are not interested in that. However good that idea might be. Yeah, that's interesting. What they're actually interested in is somebody saying, you know, I want a hundred thousand pounds for 10% of the business, but actually I also want all your gray hair knowledge as well. Yeah. And that's, that's and then obviously ticking all the other boxes we've already talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But that's going to be a sweet spot, and it exactly. also it doesn't necessarily have to be an industry that the investor 
or potential investor has been in before. So I'm part of a number of angel groups and often or most times it will be a syndicate. Yeah. So we, you know, that hundred thousand pounds might be made up of five people chucking in 20 grand each. Yeah. But those five people have all got a different skill set. Mm, and they all they all can add a different value yeah. in different ways. So actually what you've got is you've got your hundred thousand pounds and five sets of brains of people who've been there, done that. Yeah. And have an expertise or a knowledge in a particular aspect of hopefully the business. Yeah. And, and why wouldn't you want that strong collection of minds involved in your business? Okay. Correct. You're letting some control go and some people might have a level of meddling that is a little bit over the top, but generally, yeah, and that's a great thing. And I think you've, you've shared some for, for those looking at investment, even now or in the future, they are very, very simple things to do something about. And yes, you can spend all your time on the cash flows and the budgets and the research and the development. But yeah, I think what listeners Phil's giving us there are three really good, solid things that need to be the foundation of what you're building before you go for investment as well, because it's doing it in advance. Don't just do it when you're pitching. The other, the other thing, and you talked about their cash flows and, and all that sort yeah. of thing. Yes, yes, they're important. They're important that you understand what the parameters of the financial parameters of the business are. But the one thing about cash flows that every angel investor knows is they're going to be wrong. Yes. Yeah. We, we know they're going to be wrong. You know they're yeah. going to be wrong. You know they're yeah. a guess. We know they're a guess. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. part of the game. So yeah. don't, don't, yeah. What you have to do, and I think what you have to prove is you understand the drivers and the levers and the pulleys to yeah. you know, how much is it going to cost to recruit a customer? How much is that customer going to spend? What's their lifetime value going to be? Those sorts yeah. of things. And actually the numbers that fall out of that sort of become slightly irrelevant as long as you know the parameters yeah. are right. And I think that goes into that third thing you said, isn't it? You, know, you want to know that these are the people that can do it. So yes. they need to give you and the that, confidence that they're the people, yeah. And yeah. that's part of the proof that they are the people. Correct. You know, somebody comes in, I've got this brilliant idea and it's going to solve this problem. And we say, well, you know, how much is it going to cost to recruit a customer? No idea. Have you done any market yeah. research? No. What's yeah. the lifetime value going to be? No idea. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Invest, that's, invest. That's, that's all we keep doing, isn't it? Yeah, great. So, so thank you for sharing that. And, you, you know, I think, listeners, you've got three very important things there for, you know, if you're looking at investment, but also three very important things before you make a decision in your business as well. Before you take that decision to jump, uh, you know, three important things that Phil's given us there. So thank you for sharing those things. Uh, before I come to the last, last question, then, Phil, uh, you mentioned about people can reach out to you uh, and speak with you. Just give the listeners an idea of how they can do that. You know, how can they connect with you? How can they reach out to you? Okay. Uh, best place to find me is usually LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn yep. most days. Just search Phil Fraser um, or my website, which is uh, philfraser.co.uk. Yep. Don't go to philfraser.com because philfraser.com is a medieval reenactment costume company. So if you okay. see sort of Robin Hoods <laughs> and Longbows and all that sort of thing, you're on the wrong website. So it's philfraser.co.uk. All my contact details are on there. Happy to have a chat with anybody about any aspect of business. Great. And if you're searching for, for Phil on LinkedIn on the website, Fraser is F-R-A-S-E-R. Correct. Yeah, perfect. Great. Well, uh, you've given us so much. I've got to ask the final question. 
if you're going to have your next uh, Nescafe coffee um, in a dream location, where would that dream location be, Phil? Okay, so I've got to, I've, I've thought about this one because I knew you were going to ask this. I've yeah, got yeah. two. You've, you've got listened two to the podcast, got, you say, yeah. I've got two answers. So, so dream location, um, I have a property in Spain and Cafe Con Leche in a cafe, in a, they serve it in a little glass rather than a mug. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. That's, that's the best place to be. However, specific to this time, we are on what's Thursday, the 19th of August. Yeah. Um, the coffee I'm most looking forward to is yeah. my, is actually a horrible cup of coffee, but okay. it's my, it's my pre-match coffee at Ellen road for the first home game of the season, which is on uh, Saturday. The coffee will be disgusting. It will be too hot. It'll be too strong. <laughs> it'll be too expensive but it will be at the ground. And that is, I was at Old Trafford last week and that wasn't very much fun. Yep. Ellen Road on Saturday with a horrible cup of coffee. I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, in the background, those listening to the podcast can't see the, uh, the video, but you've got a thing up on the wall there that says, we all love Leeds. That's a, that's so, what's, it's, a, it's a Burley Banksy print. Ah, those of us in Leeds will know who Burley Banksy is. Ah, right, okay. Great. Well, you've you've given us some great insights, some great awareness, some uh, ideas of accountability, and every single person listening to this podcast needs to understand that it, you don't need to be alone at the top of your business. You don't need to be alone at the top of your department. And, you know, there are people that you can reach out to. There are people uh, inside your business, but there are people who will give you that perspective and that unbiased, unjudgmental opinion, just like Phil at the sounding board, business sounding board who can actually help you do the same. So there is no reason to be alone. No need at all, is there? Absolutely not. Uh, thank you for being a great guest. You've been amazing. Thanks, Simon. Really enjoyed it. And listeners, as you know, this is part of my mission to help businesses, coaches and consultants around the world be better aware, better educated and be accountable. So whether you're somebody looking for investment, whether you're a business owner who just is on the edge of making a decision, do something with what Phil has given you today. Use the three things for either of those two aspects or even both and do something with it and make a difference to your business, your lives, and perhaps you can share it and pass it on to somebody else. And of course, we'd love to have a review of the podcast as well and let us know what you are thinking about the podcast so that we can make the podcast uh, even better uh, and make sure they're targeted to what you need to be hearing about. And I look forward to having you all on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.